Welcome back to Declaration Life. I'm your host, Christabel Braden, and today we have another Reflections episode. Reflections are a series of special episodes about specific topics relating to living an intentional life. As is the message of living a Declaration Life, I believe that it's so important to live our lives with purpose, and I hope these episodes help you to do just that. Today, I'm joined once again by Candace Gant. She was on last week on episode 42, sharing her story of surviving a traumatic brain injury. This week, it's National Concussion Awareness Day. And in honor of that day, this episode is going to be highlighting concussions, misunderstandings, signs and symptoms, and we're both going to share some of our personal experiences. This was also recorded in video format and can be viewed on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Christabel Braden, if you'd like to see the video. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get started. Live a declaration life. Declare your purpose. Declare your place. Declare your work. I've invited my friend and fellow brain injury survivor and advocate, Candace Gant, to come on today to talk about concussions. So Candace and I have both been advocates for brain injury and the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. She is the founder of Mind Your Brain and executive director of Mind Your Brain Foundation. She runs her own conference. We've also been in touch when we've gone to Washington, D.C. and to Harrisburg to advocate for brain injury. And I just love her. She was featured on my podcast, Declaration Life, just recently sharing her story. And today we are going to talk about concussions, misunderstandings, and common symptoms. So yeah, there we go. Hi, Candice. Perfect. Thanks. Good to see you, Christabel. Yes, I'm so glad we can be here. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about concussions, because as you said, that's really in our deep in our heart for any of the survivors out there that have lost their way or maybe they're misunderstood. So I thought I'd start with some statistics about concussions and about brain injury from the CDC, where they report that 5.3 million Americans still today suffer from disabilities as a result of a brain injury. And that's the size of Norway. That's a a lot of people. That's 2% of our population. And they're considered invisible because we look good or we think we look good, but we don't feel good inside. Mm -hmm. And those are the challenges that concussion survivors experience. Yeah, Candace and I are both survivors, and you could look at this video and look at us and never know that we both had life-altering traumatic brain injuries. Indeed, it could be your neighbor, it could be your teacher, could be for the teacher's students, and you can't recognize the deficits that they have because they're invisible, they're hidden away. But here's some of the things I wanted to tell our your listeners about, about concussion because sometimes they're not recognized even when you get a concussion and they think it's a blow to the head, but it's considered a mild traumatic brain injury. But I would tell anybody that when it says traumatic, if traumatic is in the word, then it's a significant injury to your brain. And some of those, some of the things that people might not recognize, but are dangerous signs and symptoms of concussion are um, one pupil is larger than the other. These are CDC signs that I looked up on heads up. 
drowsiness or irritability, waking up, slurred speech. They don't have to pass out. These are just after a blow to the head. Repeated nausea, unusual behavior, confusion, loss of consciousness, perhaps. And those are some of the things that I think are so dangerous that we don't really recognize that having a blow to your head really hurts and has long lasting effects. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's so hard to tell because I feel like the media sensationalizes concussions and brain injuries in television shows and movies. Like somebody will either hit their head and get amnesia and then they're fine and they're riding a bike. Yeah. Like, what? So that happened to that movie with um uh The Vow with Rachel McAdams and Channing mm-hmm. Tatum. She has this brain injury and I, I went, I saw that movie and I was like, I'm glad they were talking about like, you know, she forgot things and this and that, but in one scene, she's just riding a bike. Like yeah. it's nothing. And most, uh, one of the other symptoms for brain injury that a lot of concussion survivors will have is vestibular difficulties and balance issues, which is kind of along that line and not being able to to be centered fully and as well as vision. And you're not going to be riding a bike right after you get a concussion, <laughs> typically. Indeed. Yep. It, it's an assault on our senses, interestingly enough, because of the inner ear, that imbalance. And also vision. A lot of people have light sensitivity or noise sensitivity. They can't be in large crowds. Yeah. I experienced those as well. Like I would always have to wear a ball cap and sunglasses like almost all the time. And I still will wear a hat quite frequently, especially if I have to be in a hospital setting, going to a doctor's appointment or anywhere that has fluorescent lights, a hat can make all the difference with the light sensitivity. But those are things that you don't see or that even the person who has it might think, oh, I just, my eyes are just sensitive to the sun or they'll be on their computer screen and not realize why they have such a bad headache. You know, that was, that would happen to me all the time. I would be on my phone or on my computer and my head would start to hurt really bad. And it was simply because my eyes were getting too stimulated, stimulating my brain too much with the light. Indeed. And and the other thing that we, we have all faced is fatigue. Uh, because our brain is such an energy sucker that we're just so exhausted all the time. I remember going to bed at 7 p.m. And I think that those symptoms can be misunderstood by being lazy or they're not putting any effort into their recovery. And, and I think people need to be aware that it's it's a physical challenge that they have. The brain really wants to repair itself and will do everything it can. And it it absorbs all the other energy you have to even walk and talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And fatigue can come in a number of different ways. You can have cognitive fatigue, neuro fatigue, which is when you get tired just from thinking too much. Sometimes it's not even sleep fatigue, you know, and there's a difference between like fatigue from a concussion and fatigue as the general public understands it, because with a concussion, you can wake up in the morning fatigued. Yes. And that's where it's hard to comprehend because most people think that you wake up in the morning, you just slept for however many hours and you shouldn't be tired then. Refreshed. And there's a big difference between being tired and ready to sleep and having brain fatigue. It's a 
a huge difference. Exactly. Exactly. And I know my fatigue was in the evening. I was exhausted and I say evening. So that was about a 7 PM when I went to bed and my husband would say to me, are you out of words? And that was the trigger. Yes. I'm out of words. I I can't, my brain needs a rest. Mm -hmm. And I think sleep can be affected by concussions as well. I know that sometimes people who have concussions will end up sleeping a lot more and having trouble staying awake. And then sometimes people will end up sleeping a lot less and having trouble falling asleep or even staying asleep. Yes, because their brain is overstimulated. And so it can't relax. It can't, it's, uh, it doesn't have the capacity to have that stimulus go away. So almost an assault. Yeah. So what are some common misunderstandings do you think people have about concussions? I think people think it's going to go away right away. But you hit your head, and there, there was an old wives' tale not to let you go to sleep at night. I know that was when I was in school. But, but you'll be fine in the morning. Or some of the football players would say, I had my bell rung, but it's okay. Get back out on the field. I think those are, are an old-school way that we've now learned through scientific evidence that that's not the case, that these deficits, they can come an hour after you've had an injury or the next day or a week later. So I think people think that you can diagnose it right away and you can fix it right away. And those two are not correct. It could be weeks and it may require therapy. You might have emotional outbreaks that need to be managed or your teacher doesn't recognize why you're not reading and you're not focusing. So this, this could take a longer period of time than most people think. Yeah. And the symptoms can be so like, I want to say sneaky, Mm -hmm. but they can be so sneaky because they're not always things that you recognize right away as concussion symptoms. Like I had, after, after my, my first TBI, I looked fine, looked normal, whatever. Like you said, I didn't have any symptoms the night it happened. It wasn't three days later until I was like really, really struggling. But my mom told me this story about how she came in my bedroom and I was just sitting on my bed in the dark. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. She's like, why are you in the dark? And I was like, the sun went down. Like it didn't occur to me to get up and flip a light switch to turn that on because I was using natural light from the window. Sun goes down and I forget that I can get up and turn on a light and I didn't know what to do. And it's those moments that survivors of brain injuries and concussions experience where they're just confused or they just are stuck or they just don't know what to do. And you can't put that in a fact sheet. You can't put like, forgot to turn on a light switch because it's like these little moment by moment, common sense things. It's like, I say common sense because before a brain injury, something that might seem common sense becomes a decision and a cognitive task that your brain might not be able to handle. And so it's those little moments Mm -hmm. that begin to start to affect brain injury survivors. And then they start to feel like they're crazy or they're confused all the time, or they don't know what's wrong with them. And it's really frustrating because it's hard to figure it out and it's hard to know, but there is hope. There's hope for recovery. There's hope for, there's hope for improvement. So Candace, I did want to ask you as well about 
what would you say about hope for concussions and treatments available and resources available? I would tell your listeners, don't give up, that it's a long road. I always talk about that marathon and that there's no timetable for it. Some people heal faster than others. You could be an overachiever and perhaps your concussion because of the where it was in your brain, it healed faster and you had the right treatment. And then other people, it could take months or years, depending on the severity of the injury. And I would tell everybody that their time will come, that it is just a matter of staying on course. Don't give up, don't despair. Discouragement gets involved and perhaps a little depression may set in because you're not making the forward progress that you expected. Because I'm a superstar, I should be I should be back on the field or I should be back at school within such and such a time. You can't put those limitations on yourself. It's sometimes it's just baby steps. That's great advice. And remembering that every brain injury is different and every concussion is different and every concussion experience is different. There are so many more symptoms than we were able to talk about today. There are symptoms like vision, uh, convergence and divergence and your eyes not working together. I had to wear prism glasses for a number of years because my eyes weren't working together. There are so many different symptoms that everyone experiences and just know that it's okay. There are resources. Like she said, there's therapies out there. There's vision therapy. There's vestibular therapy. There is help for concussions and you're not alone on the journey. And there's always new technology and more stuff coming out and more treatments coming out. Indeed. And go to an expert, find someone. There's so many resources close by that anybody could reach out. Even the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania has a toll-free number you can call. And so there's lots of opportunities for you to, to seek out and take advantage of what's out there, what resources. Even if you're not sure what you're looking for or how to describe your deficits, someone on the other end will understand. Someone who you speak to that's an expert, they'll get it. You won't be invisible to them. Yeah. Even if the injury is invisible, we are not. And it's so important to remember that. Yes. Thank you so much, Candace, for joining me today and talking about concussions. If you guys have any more questions, please put them in the comments below and we will try and get to them all. So thank you so much. You can check out her information. Is it mindyourbrainfoundation.org? Indeed. Yes. Mindyourbrainfoundation.org and check out Candace and her organization. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Declaration Life. As always, I'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us at Declaration Life, as well as join our community group, Declaration Life Community on Facebook, where we share prayer requests every week and encourage each other to just keep living a life of intention and live that Declaration Life. So I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.